Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. A new record on the S&P 500 index, 13 minutes to go ahead of the close. The dollar slipped with Treasury yields as minutes from the Fed's last meeting showed officials unperturbed by recent signs of economic weakness. Crude slipping ahead of that OPEC meeting tomorrow in Vienna. West Texas Intermediate Crude is down four-tenths of one percent, down 18 cents to 51.29 a barrel. Gold up a dollar. Forty to 1256, higher by one tenth of one percent. The 10 year up six thirty seconds at yield 2.26 percent. SP 500 index up five to a record 2403. That's a gain of two tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 72 points, a gain of three tenths of one percent. NASDAQ is up 22, a gain of four tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Well, the ETF report coming up is brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility, minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here's Catherine Cotter. College endowments are increasingly using ETFs as investment tools. Four of the five largest public purchases made by endowments in the last quarter were ETFs, accounting for over $1.2 billion traded. The biggest bet was placed on the iShares iBox high-yield corporate bond ETF ticker HYG. Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Eric Balchuna says Harvard's endowment invested about $711 million in HYG in the quarter. Recently, they stopped using external managers and are doing their, their management in-house. So this could be what we call a manager transition. When, when institutions want to move money around, they might park it in an ETF as a place to just keep exposure to that market while they're in the top 15 most traded. Baltuna says it might be the start of a trend. It's significant because Harvard is easily a leader in the endowment management, and this is a follow-the-leader kind of area. Institutions tend to move in herds. Four of the five largest purchases at college endowments made in the first quarter were ETFs. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. I'm just sitting here watching the wheels go round and round. Yeah, we're all just kind of watching uh, the markets to see what comes next and all the news that seems to imp- impact it. David McEwen uh, is with us. We are just about 10 minutes away from today's closing bell. Dave is co-chief investment officer at American Century Investments, $164 billion in assets under management. Uh, and we find him on the phone from Mountain View, California. Dave, uh, nice to have you here. Um, Mountain View, being maybe not here in New York, the financial universe of our world, um, how does that give you a different perspective when you look at the day-to-day gyrations of stocks and the markets overall? Well, it certainly is an interesting uh, um, period of time here with volatility generally so low and rates uh, remaining as low as they are, uh, despite uh, entering an environment where the Fed will continue to tighten and now will begin the process of reducing their balance sheet. So it's definitely a very interesting period of time. And fair, I should just throw in that you are also um, CIO of fixed income. So that's you, you look at that pretty closely in terms of what we might get from Fed policy and what it means for the fixed income world and the, the, the rate environment overall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when we spend a lot of time looking at the global macroeconomic conditions and what um, what central banks around the globe are going to do, and in particular what the Fed is, what will be doing. 
Well, so to that, what do you make of the uh, statements today? Was there anything you thought that was, uh, if you had to write a headline on it, what was the most important part of the, the, the minutes from the Fed today? Well, the June June tightening was already baked in the cake, so the only surprise there would be that you know they weren't going to do that. So that was no surprise at all. They said that they would be tightening soon. Um, no real uh, earth earth shattering uh, news there around their balance sheet management, but a little little more detail on it about the caps they're they're discussing now and about letting their balance sheet uh, roll off in kind of very measured pace. Uh, so I think that that's good news. The market's certainly taking it that way with the, the with stocks moving up here, especially as we uh, get towards the close here, and, and bonds actually rallying on the news. So I, I think it's I think the market's you know there's some uncertainty around Fed policy and the Fed what they're going to do about their four and a half trillion dollar balance sheet and how they're going to work that down. So I think the discussion about caps and just showing some real sensitivity to the market and market uh, the market conditions and and have some ability to kind of increase it or decrease it uh, depending on 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 what the environment is uh, and these caps just kind of indicating that they're going to be very sensitive to the market conditions. How do you make sense of kind of the lack of inflation globally? It is surprising, really. I mean, certainly all this. You know, kind of talk about quantitative easing. One of the big side effects that everyone was so concerned about was that it was going to unleash a tremendous amount of inflation. That certainly yeah. hasn't uh, been the case. Um, and we are seeing, you know, some signs of inflation ticking up kind of slowly in, in the United States. Um, but uh, certainly nothing to get too concerned about. Um, but I think it does have the Fed, you know, trying to do what they do, which is to be ahead of ahead of the curve on inflation, and and kind of follow their tightening process. But I do think that kind of the low levels of inflation we're seeing and the low levels of inflation expectations that we're seeing are allowing the the Fed to go at a very measured pace. Um, and and do you trust the the inflation numbers? The uh, there's so many adjustments that go into those numbers that they might not reflect. You know, my my, my TV isn't actually. 100 times better than it was years ago and yet that that's sort of an inflation number that they work into there the deep you know I wonder what you what you make of the numbers themselves well I think generally they they do they do what they're supposed to do which is uh which is to compare prices and what's happening at general level of of prices um, and and adjusting for the quality of things is always a very difficult thing to do. Well, your 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 TV, um, I mean, it looks very different than it did even just 20 years ago, of course. So it's, uh, but how do you how do you adjust for that? There's no really uh, perfect measure uh, for that. Um, you know, and, and productivity across the economy too. I think that's pretty mismeasured really about about you know what is the value of of things like you know the having a camera on your phone that you carry around with you and it used to be you know so you can take a million pictures now it costs nothing versus what it used to be of having to buy the camera and the film and all those types of things and all those kind of enter into that uh, inflation story but i think a big part of it really is just globalization is that and a lot of it's kind of like a lot of these statistics that we're looking about, about uh, capacity, about wages. This is just within the United States. But, of course, it's a global economy. So if wages move up in one part of the globe versus other parts of the globe, uh, the manufacturing, even services get outsourced to places where, where you have lower pr- prices. So it's, I think that's somewhat missing from kind of the inflation story so far is just how global everything is. So that um, if you do have tighter conditions in one part of the globe, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see a broad increase in the price level.
Do you think the Trump team is going to be able to move the needle when it comes to growth? Well, I'm certainly that's the big question, right? It's interesting. We were talking about it in our investment meeting today just about how a couple of these markets, like um, like the oil, um, the dollar, has after the big rally we saw right after the election, has now essentially unwound that kind of back down to where it was pre-election. Interest rates have kind of come down, retraced quite a bit of their of their uh, increase we saw post-election based on the expectations that we were going to see fiscal policy and 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 uh, more higher levels of growth. Um, but other parts of the market, other parts of markets haven't really unwound that. The equities being, you know, the big one. Uh, of course, high yield as well, uh, too, is kind of following along with uh, with equities. So, strong rallies still in, in place there, and on pretty stretched valuations with the S and P 500 up at forward uh, PE levels at 17 times. So, pretty pretty heady kind of uh, pricing here. Um, overall, I think we're going to get some some policies, tax policies in particular, how exactly they're funded, uh, or if they're funded will be a big question. But, um, but I think we'll get something. So I, I think regulatory relief certainly helps, tax policies, right. foreign trade. David McEwen, thank you very much, Chief Investment Officer from American Century. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg.